Welcome to the Men's Show on Awaken Catholic. Put up your fisticuffs because today we are discussing the proper Christian understanding of violence, the use of force, self-defense. Let's go. Welcome to the Men's Show on Awaken Catholic. If you want to support this show and other shows like it, uh, you can do that by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate and make a one-time donation or even better, become part of the Awaken Nation by making a monthly donation. And that is how this studio runs and makes shows like this and keeps them coming to you. So any little bit you can give helps. That's an awesome way that you can help us out. You can also help us out by downloading the Awaken app. You do not get this through the app store, but by going to theawakenapp.io. It's a free app. We got a growing community of awesome people when we discuss the shows you can talk to show hosts suggest ideas talk about past episodes all those things is great and if you are part of that awakened nation by making a monthly donation you get access to premium content through the app you get presentations from people like me and some of the other hosts here and some of the other presenters um, that you can't get anywhere else another way you can support us and help your own prayer life is by downloading the hallow app through our link go to hallow.app slash awaken and that's a free app but if you go through our link you get a free month of premium and that also helps helps us out um, financially. Uh, This is an awesome app. It will change your prayer life. If you're struggling to fit prayer into your life, you can do it in the car. You can do it while you're exercising in the shower. If you have a phone that'll not melt in the shower. Um, you can you can do it. Um, my wife loves to do the rosary and the daily readings. I love to use it for uh, the exam and lots of us use it. It's changing prayer lives all over the world. Get that free month of premium. Go to hallow.app slash awaken. And as always, if you like this show, uh, give it a like, give it a subscribe, hit that bell on YouTube. Um, give us a rating or review in comments. If there's somebody you know that would find this an interesting topic, uh, send them a text. Say, hey, I think you should listen to this or, you know, share it on your social stories. Uh, all that helps us out. So thank you, viewers. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Good, Mike. Amazing. Good. Let's uh, talk about who we are. My name is Mike Tenney. I am not uh, uh, always on this show, but when I'm, I'm here in town, I'm blessed to share some good conversation and uh, with, with these gentlemen. So my show, here, is called, my show is called Pop Culture Catechism, uh, and I'm a Catholic speaker and worship leader and also a stay-at-home dad of two lovely children. You can find out more about me at MikeTenneyMusic.com. I'm Nick Della Torre. I host The Awakened Catholic Show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I hang around here a lot. So, <laughs> John Mark Grodi, I host uh, the show Elevate Ordinary with my wife here on Awaken Catholic. I am the COO of the Coming Home Network International, and I have five little chillins. And I'm Rob Holler. I am a husband and a father and just a guy. <laughs> just a those guy. are my qualifications to be on the guy show. But you'll soon be hosting the ice cream sandwich show on Awakening Catholic. Crap. Yes, that's actually a show where I review different ice cream sandwiches. Has that sandwiches been there for the last two weeks? From Dang. local. <laughs> so, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So this is a topic that, that I wanted to, this is one that, that is very close to my heart. And I, I, I wanted to be here for it. And I respect you guys and your opinions, which is why I wanted to bring it before you. And I'm not sure we're going to. Wrap it all night up nice, neatly in a bow. But I'm a big fan of just conversations about serious things, even if we don't end up agreeing. But we're friends and we respect each other. And I think we can we can help each other through the conversation, come to a deeper understanding. Uh, we're talking about violence and self-defense. And is there a place for it in the life of a Christian? Um, so 
I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Like my, my father is a veteran. He fought in Vietnam and flew helicopters. Um, and I grew up in a, in a military family. I was a wrestler in high school and I've done, I've been in a few fights in my day when I, when I was younger. Um, but yet when I read the gospels, what I find in Jesus is he diffuses situations that would often otherwise be violent. And he, you know, we call him the Prince of Peace. Lots of people expected him to be this military Messiah. And he rejects that understanding of Messiahship at every turn and ends up being killed by the people, the Romans, who people thought he was there to overthrow. And so, but yet in the tradition of the church, we also have just war theory articulated by great saints like St. Augustine, Thomas Aquinas. Um, I think we would say that there's a right to self-defense that if someone attacks you, you have a right to be able to defend yourself or to defend, you know, if, if a, a burglar came up and was trying to rob me on the, the street or abduct my child, like I'd, I'd, I'd probably throw down to protect my child. Um, and I, I think I should. So this is just something I'm wrestling with. So um, I, I'm, I'm curious your guys thoughts. Like, is this something you've struggled with? Do you, do you feel like you have it all wrapped up? Do you what, what do you think? It's definitely a question that I don't feel like I have the answer to. Um, and I similarly, I want to like work through it um, in a context like this. Uh, I think it's, it's really, really easy to fall into the trap of just like kind of face value, looking at kind of the way that Jesus handled a lot of, handled a lot of those things and trusting that, yeah, in a situation where, you know, violence was induced, I would, I would be kind of a pacifist and I would let it happen and I would be a martyr and, but then I imagine a scenario like what you just said, where like you're walking downtown and gosh, there was this terrible video I saw uh, that was going crazy in the news last year, I think, where this woman, I think a family was like crossing a street or just walking on a sidewalk. And this woman literally, as, as she's walking past them, she, just, she out of nowhere turns and stabs one of the kids in the face, in the face. The kids survived, um, but this was all over the news for a little while. And I just, I can't imagine being in that scenario and feeling anything other than outraged. Like, I, outraged doesn't even, it's not even a just word for the feelings that I would imagine having. Um, and, and a sense, a compulsion to defend my child in that situation. Um, I do think it's it's kind of almost a different question between defending yourself versus defending your child, mm -hmm. and we should we should yeah. kind of identify why there's a distinction, um, you know, defend that idea, but but I just can't imagine standing by watching a woman walk up to my kid and out of nowhere stabbing in the face and not having a compulsion to to defend him and to kind of knock the woman down or in that mm -hmm. case a woman, but you know whoever it is. Well, so right, right off the bat there, we've got a number of things to distinguish here. We've yeah. got, we've got, there's a, di there's a, a distinction between uh, defending oneself and defending others. Mm -hmm. That's a, a crucial distinction. There's that conditions the situation, uh, I think a little bit. Another uh, aspect of a, a distinction is between, um, I can't remember the other distinction. What's the other distinction here? Uh, self and self-defense and self-defense and defense of others. Mm -hmm. um, Actually, going out of your way to attack someone who attacked you. Revenge and self-defense. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The difference between uh, between the situation. Well, so in the situation you gave, you I mean you're uh, you're expressing that you would 
you'd be moved to act out of passion. Mm. Now, acting out of passion instead of reason and prudence that is, is always problematic. Yeah. It's all, that is always problematic. I mean, mm-hmm. even though we, again, we might say with the church that in certain situations, a war is just, it's still always going to be wrong to go into that war, hating the enemy and killing the enemy out of my hatred. That's mm. still wrong. Even if there might be a way in a qualified way in which participating in that war and killing might uh, be permissible mm-hmm. there's a distinction between like what's going on in here when i do this act if i'm defending myself and i'm acting out of hatred and, and revenge that is a different situation than no my family's being attacked and i'm going to stop it mm-hmm. yeah, because it's right and i may be all you know impassioned but i'm operating out of reason and prudence again that doesn't eliminate this issue but those are distinctions we have to talk about those different types mm-hmm. of scenarios and, and how do we distinguish when it is right like how do you mm-hmm. draw that conclusion in a moment you know mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I can see your passions aligning with prudence and reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's something to, there's I mean, an injustice happening objectively. Right. right. And how you, do you, you have to remain in control? But yeah. Yeah. How do you manage this split? It's this, honestly, these situations that we're talking about, at least the one you said mm-hmm. is a split second decision. Right. And I think we can maybe parcel out like, you know, how do you react versus mm-hmm. how do you act? Right. Well, and that's also why the life of virtue is important because we, we have to be prepared for unexpected situations. Yeah. You don't prepare for the expected. Well, you do prepare for the expected, mm-hmm. but you're also always needing to be preparing for the unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like I know that I can be patient and kind and gentle when I'm in a good mood and mm-hmm. I've had a nice night's sleep and everything's yeah. going my way. Mm-hmm. That's not really what I'm preparing for yeah. when I, when I fast and when I discipline myself and when I, I learn no, I'm preparing for the situations where things are not going my way mm-hmm. and it's frustrating and I'm, and I am liable to, 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 to act or lash out. That's what I have to prepare for to remain prudent in those situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because virtue, virtue prepares you to do things when you don't have time to think it out. Right. right? You, that's why you the develop habit. those internal habits yeah. so that when the unexpected comes upon you, you habitually, it's second nature to do the right thing. Yeah. And when you don't have time to discern, like, hmm, what do I do? You can't, you can't be like Zach Morris and Saved by the Bell. Time out, you know, <laughs> think about it. What do I do here? Kelly's going to dump me again, you know. Um, you got to have that virtue so that you can go with it. Um, so, da- or some sort of time modifying device. That'd yeah. Be, that's good to admit that. That'd be awesome. You know, so maybe a place to start here a little bit is, is going back to like, so what do we mean by violence in the broadest general mm-hmm. sense? And is it always and everywhere wrong? Well, yes, yes. And uh, well, the question I was going to ask also mm-hmm. is like, if you're trying to stop someone, if you're trying to protect someone, like, is the, like the use of lethal force, you know, like you so shoot somebody in the yeah. leg, you know, punch them. Like I would think you would try to have the intention not to kill them. If you could, it's not like, yes, I've always wanted to kill someone. This is my chance. It's justified. You get that, that intention. Like you said, like, I think, um, you try to, you try to solve the situation with the minimal amount of force possible. You know what I mean? Right. Because someone kicks you in the shin doesn't give you a right to yeah. go and react lethally towards that person. I mean, that was originally eye for an eye, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth from the Old Testament was a limit on retribution, right? Yeah. If somebody hurts you, you don't get to kill them, right? Yeah, you owe them what the, for the damage that was done. You it's know, like a slug bug. You get this 
Yeah, slug, slug bug, bug right, right back. back. So there's a notion of a, a proportionate response. Proportionate the response, response should be yeah. proportionate to what's actually going on. Yes. There's also, again, the, the church has always had this notion of a, a principle of double effect, isn't mm-hmm. that the, the term? Where, like, again, it, there is a big difference between I'm in this situation and I intend to kill this person mm-hmm. versus I'm in this situation and I intend to stop this person from doing the X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and their death is a result, an unintended mm-hmm. effect. It's a it's a double effect, but that was not the intended effect. The, effect, the intended effect was to stop stop them from breaking in my house and killing my family. So there's a, there's a distinction there too, in that we may, we may be able to say, and I we need to go back and, and, mm-hmm. and talk about this. We may say that it's, it would be always wrong to, to intentionally like will the death of another person mm-hmm. to intend to kill them. But that doesn't thereby mean that every action that results in somebody's death is necessarily always wrong. Mm-hmm. Again, if I'm Again, the self-defense, I think, or the defense of a family is a pretty good example of that. Yeah, but what you're getting at, too, is like in self-defense, is there a way to do that without being lethal? Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, you know, like if there's an intruder in your home, does that mean, you know, you get out a gun and kill him? Or does that mean you get out a gun and maybe shoot him in the foot and immobilize him? Or, you know what I mean? Like, well, there's lots of nuance there, right? In the sense of that sounds great when you're sitting in an armchair trying to yeah, imagine right, the situation. Of course. <laughs> versus yeah. like... Oh crap! I'm, you know, like, and let me reiterate: I yeah. don't know the answer to these questions, and yeah. I, that's why you know I'm love that we're working through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think that not in the situation, it's easy for me to identify. Like, I, it is always better to not kill somebody. Like, we are a, a pro-life faith. Like, we we love life, and we we should not be the arbiters of who gets to live and who gets to die. Ideally, can we back up from killing for a moment and just talk about again, violence in general? Yeah. Because, you know, there, there were certainly there are some people out there who would say that like any 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 physical violence at all, mm-hmm. long short of killing any mm-hmm. physical violence, yeah. any physical resistance, mm-hmm. even causing someone else any pain or discomfort, mm-hmm. you know, like you, that can be spread out so far to say, you know, you can't ever you can't lift a finger to stop. You know, you shouldn't even even with your words, you shouldn't make people uncomfortable. I mean, this can go pretty far and wide. Yeah. So what are the scopes even what do we want to say about violence? Like, is, is it ever OK to do something that makes someone else uncomfortable or cause them pain? Or lasting damage, mm-hmm. if, especially if it's not the intended Harm. effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I speak a truth and it hurts your feelings, Tenny. Is that OK? Yeah. I hate speech. I, I Well, I think to, if you are if you have a way of speaking that truth without hurting my feelings, you should do it that way. Yeah. But then it's you offending me. That's not the truth offending me. If it's the right. truth offending me and I'm getting offended by just the truth, then that's different than you saying an otherwise unoffensive truth in an offensive way. And I think mm-hmm. there's discernment is required there mm-hmm. and nuance. Um, and I think, um, I lost my thought. Like we have a responsibility yeah. to communicate with charity and with love and, um, in a, in an effective way that might uh, more so predispose a person to accept truth mm-hmm. rather than like, but that doesn't mean it's not hurtful. Right. Exactly. Truth can be the hurtful to us. Be, yeah. right. Your intention matters. And it's what you're trying yeah. to do. If you're, am I yeah. trying to communicate truth or I'm trying just to get a one up on this person? Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You, you mentioned wrestling. Like mm-hmm. love wrestling. some people would say, well, but you're causing another person pain or mm-hmm. discomfort. So there's something mm-hmm. wrong with that sport. We wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. Right? We're all no, not on board with that. So. View, uh-huh. Right. You know, so there's certain, there's a, we mean violence, you know, that can't be, Anytime pain is caused, anytime discomfort is caused, even yeah. if it's physically, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not what's going on in a, in a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can yeah. take any sport almost. Yeah. You know, any, physical any sport. pain 
happens when you golf push the limit. <laughs> but then what's at sports? But uniquely, oh, oh, kidding, I'm kidding. But more, more along the lines of the wrestling, like you look at a you know sport like karate, you know, mm-hmm. different martial arts. Um, my wife and I have been getting into the the old Karate Kid movies, and um, mm-hmm. man, they're they're actually great movies. But the 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 idea of like one of the tenets for Mr. Miyagi and Miyagi Do Karate is. Um, Karate is for defense, not mm-hmm. for aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, that's a beautiful way to see that. Uh, but then that still raises that question: like, is defense, is personal defense, mm-hmm. or or defense of others, is that like still a moral good? Right. Um, well, yeah. I, have, I have a question. So look look to the early church. Look to the martyrs. Mm-hmm. And again, what most people were expecting of the Messiah was like a military victor, you know, mm-hmm. look to the old Testament. What did Moses do to the Egyptians? Dropped plagues on him. What did David do to the Philistines? Cut off Shoot. Goliath's head, chased them down. What did Joshua do to the Canaanites? Put them down to the sword. What did, uh, you know, Judas Maccabeus and his brothers do to the Greeks? Killed them and kicked them out and purified the temple. Like there's, that's the sort of leader they were expecting. Mm-hmm. And Jesus shows up and he's doing miracles for the Roman centurion's servant. He's reaching out to Gentiles, um, you know, and he says to Pontius Pilate, like, my kingdom is not of this world. It's a different sort of kingdom. He, he reject, you know, Peter takes off the sword to defend him. And he says, no, those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Like there's, he explicitly rejects that notion of violence that that's the sort of Messiah he is, mm-hmm. but he still conquers Rome. And then he, but how does he conquer Rome? But he also at one point fashions a a whip and starts flipping tables and whipping people. Does he whip people? Does it? Well, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just whips the ground. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say he doesn't. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't say he does. Yeah. And I think people overemphasize that where there's this one place where Jesus might've used violence and then they use that to ignore time and time again, where he explicitly rejects it. It's, and not, it's not a good point in any direction. That yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't know all the details. There. Well, and, and even the, the, re- the readings from today on the day that we're filming, this is from the book of revelation where, um, you know, who is, who is worthy to break the seal and open the scroll? Who's going to, who's going to finally do this for us? Oh, it's the lion of Judah, the lion of Judah, the lion of Judah, big vicious creature. And this, oh, there he is. There's the lion of Judah. What is it? It's a slain lamb, a slain lamb, the sacrificed lamb. And then he says, you are called to be a nation of priests. And that's in the Eucharistic prayer, right? We're called to be a holy people, a holy priesthood. What's a priest do? They sacrifice. Like we're called to be people of sacrificial love. And that is the way that we conquer. And so I, I, I struggle with this when I look at the martyrs like Felicity Perpetua and, and St. Lawrence and all of them down through the years. Yet some of them were martyred with their children. Mm-hmm. Some of them were martyred, even though they could have been justified. Mm-hmm. But Jesus so often calls us to go beyond just what is justified to what is heroic, to go beyond what would have been our right to, to, to going the extra mile. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I struggle and, and I, and I pray that God would show me what to do in the moment uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, even if someone is struggling, you know, f- threatening me or my family, I want to defend them and their dignity, but even that person, even in all their violence still has dignity, our church tells us. And so that's really what I wrestle with. Like, What, what does know. that mean, though, about something like the movie Braveheart and the story that that depicts? Because mm-hmm. Braveheart is so often, even in our Catholic circles, like it's touted as like this really great depiction of, of man and like, you know, heroism and defending the innocent. And like, 
I just wonder, and, and I, I, I don't personally, like, I know it's a good film, but I just, I don't, I don't get overly excited about the movie, but I just wonder, you know, the, in, in cases of like what, what just, I don't, I don't know if that was classified as a just war, but like, yeah. um, in cases where, you know, whatever it takes to become just war, like, how is that different than me trying to stand up for mm-hmm. my family? You know, like well, I. Yeah, we can get better, better examples though. William Wallace wasn't a saint. We have right. Joan of Arc. Oh, that's a great example. Called Thank by you. God yeah. to be a warrior, to lead the troops, to to um, defend her homeland. So, mm-hmm. again, the, the church. It, we're never. We're not going to have easy scriptures here that mm-hmm. simplify this right. too readily. We're not going to have saints that rule without one way or the other. The, the church furnishes furnish, furnishes us with canonized saints who were, but for all intents and purposes, seem to be pacifists, mm-hmm. and for all intents and purposes, were great warriors of their country. Mm-hmm. So there, there's some, di- there, again, there's a lot of, there's some nuances here in yeah. terms, I think the, the big thing gets into the difference between defending one's country, for instance, in a mm-hmm. just war or defending one's family yeah. versus, you know, the response to personal injury. Mm-hmm. I think that is one of the big distinctions here mm-hmm. uh, is, is those two different scenarios. But even defending your life, there is a degree, I think, of being justified in defending mm-hmm. your life. Yeah, certainly not overstepping, mm-hmm. doing more than you need to. You know, mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. you don't attack someone. I also wonder if there it's possible that there are multiple <clears throat> goods that you can choose and, and that there isn't necessarily one right path. Like mm-hmm. I think about even the process of discerning your vocation mm-hmm. of yes. like, you know, St. Paul says that to yeah. be a celibate religious is like the best way to be. But it mm-hmm. doesn't mean it isn't also great to be married, mm-hmm. you know. And so I wonder, like, is there... A nobility. There is. Is it beautiful and noble for the saints that were uh, that allowed themselves to be martyred and whatever? Is that beautiful and noble? But is it also beautiful and noble to go the other way and defend mm-hmm. the innocent you know, I, child? I, I really like what you say. The matter of vocation, because I think what what the church would say is that many are called to a, a personal pacifism. That mm-hmm. I am. I am personally not going to use violence mm-hmm. as as. A sign of the kingdom in the same way of celibacy yeah. say I'm going to yep. choose celibacy as a sign of the kingdom mm-hmm. because marriage is for this world and, and violence and war are only for this world. It's only right. something we have to worry about in this world. And so as a sign of the kingdom, I'm going to choose um, pacifism. Yeah. And so the other thing I want to say is that when we say pacifism, pacifism is not based on the word passive. It's based on the word Pacific. It doesn't mean I believe in doing nothing. It means I believe in actively working for peace. And so Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi, Jesus, Mm -hmm. uh, John Paul II, all pacifists in that they used provocative, peaceful means. Mm -hmm. They weren't passive in any sense. I don't don't know. They're not contrasting Hakuna Matata. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, what do you say? Well, it's like, no worries. A lot of times we associate this pacifism with like, you know, I'm like very standoffish with being passive. Like this is not Amish. You're not getting involved. Yeah. I'm not involved. It's not something passive. It is something active. Yeah. And Hakuna Matata, I think very well describes how a lot of people feel towards pacifism in general. I mean, it's a wonderful phrase. Yeah. So again, I think we can, we can zero in on this a bit more, but there are lots of things, you know, while we, we want to leave open, you know, some of the, some of the, again, the nuance at the core of this between, you know, the, maybe the, the choice of the calling to really embrace martyrdom uh, for oneself, but also allowing that there, you know, there were still saints who were warriors. There's still, there's obviously some nuance mystery there. We'll get a little closer to it though, while we still are, you know, leaving the door open for 
some from that. Like there are things we can rule out. Like murder is always wrong. Murder okay. means to intentionally will to kill an innocent person. Mm-hmm. It's always wrong. Much more closer to home though, like it's always wrong to like to hurt someone with that being the intent. Mm-hmm. Like so any any maliciousness is always wrong. Yeah. You know, that like that we can set aside the situation where with a pure heart, like my family's being attacked and I am going to stop that. But that but we can rule out still that it's always wrong to to be violent out of maliciousness. I want to hurt someone. I want to kill them. I want revenge on them. All those are always wrong. And sometimes we act with mixed motives, so there's that nuance. Mm-hmm. But we can univocally say that those things are always sinful. Mm-hmm. It is wrong to to will someone evil uh, for its own sake, like, we, like mm-hmm. to to be envious, to to want them to and be hurt. And it's so easy yeah. to convince ourselves that we're justified in what we're feeling or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. We can convince ourselves that that we're doing it for the right reasons when yeah. really we're not doing it for the right reasons. Which is why we, you know, there is maybe some sense to give if we know ourselves, we know our fallenness. We want to maybe err on the side, yeah, uh, on the side of, yeah. of 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 peacefulness. You know, we we always want to save, even if there might be times when it's necessary. We want to we want to save it because we, especially if we know ourselves, that I'm the sort of person who would jump in this, the fight at the latest provocation. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to err a bit on the other side to bring, keep myself mm-hmm. closer to the middle. Would you yeah. say the same is true though, for the people who are, you know, very standoffish and very averse to confrontation. Yeah. I would. Like when they feel like they should do something, yeah. you know, it may be for them better for them to, you know, when they feel called mm-hmm. really defend. Yeah. They yeah, have really interesting. Yeah. You have to know yourself and, and, and know which direction that you need to kind of virtuously train mm-hmm. yourself in yeah it's part of that virtue of of temperance and knowing the, the this makes me think of mistake. simba on how he did such a good job against scar <laughs> good job saint simba. where did this come from all these lines <laughs> i don't know i don't know <laughs> man that's great yeah um so let me uh, i want to be fair to the perspective because i i am friends with some some christian men some catholic men who own guns for hunting, for self-defense, because they like shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who's a police officer in D.C. I've gone to the gun range with him and, and shot pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Boy Scouts. I shot rifles and shotguns and, and bows and arrows. And, um, you know, there is a certain nobility, I think, in being able to defend your family and self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, can we try to, like, steel man the other side? Because I've, I've tried to steel man, like, the, the the nonviolence, pacifist side. Can we, can we try to steel man the... Um, the kind of the, the justified self-defense violence side and um, like, can, can that go too far? Does it, does it go too far? Like what do you, my, my do you head goes directly like immediately to what I was saying a second ago about that. There are multiple goods. Um, and so I think that if you have guns because you're excited at the prospect of one day defending yourself when you know there's that next civil war, like I think that there's like this hunger that can happen that is not healthy uh, for um, maybe, you know, in, in putting it in its best light for adventure, for, um, you know, a challenge or, you know, excitement of, of some kind. But like, uh, I think that there can be an unhealthy, um, desire for an opportunity to need to use your weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is that other good that is legitimately a good to choose to defend your family and your, your, your home, your, 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 what, what you are. Um, 
you know, kind of like that idea of the vocations that we were talking about a second ago. And so I don't, I almost don't feel from that standpoint that it's a matter of steel manning something because it presupposes to steel man something in, in that context of like a debate presupposes you disagree with it, but you're going to do your best to mm-hmm. represent it. And I don't know that I disagree with that. I, I think that it's and, another and, good. And I'm not, I'm not sure I totally do either. That's why I'm, yeah, I want to yeah. have this conversation. And, yeah, yeah. and it's, I think a really healthy disposition, if you are, you know, ever feel called to use or wield a gun is to have a sense of reluctance to know the danger that it carries and to have to take another life. If that's, Mm -hmm. if you feel you found yourself in that situation and you have no reluctance or, you know, any sort of desire there to do that, I feel like maybe you've fallen on the wrong side of that. Mm -hmm. C.S. Lewis has a great, uh, well, lots of good writings on chivalry, which would Mm -hmm. be, you know, like uh, look on YouTube for the C.S. Lewis doodle on chivalry. Such a great channel. Very, very good. One of the things that Lewis points out, I'll read a little quote from him. You know, the, the knight is a man of blood and iron, a man familiar with the sight of smashed faces and ragged stumps of lopped off limbs. Oh <laughs> he is also a demure, almost maiden-like guest in a hall, a gentle, modest, unobtrusive man. He is not a compromise or a happy mean between ferocity and meekness. He is fierce to the nth and meek to the nth. Mm. The man who combines both characters, the knight, is not a work of nature but of art of that art which has human beings instead of canvas or marble for its medium. Chesterton has similar writings on this on the subject that uh, one of the keys here is that uh, when Christianity uh, furnishes us with saints uh, displaying certain virtues uh, and rejecting certain vices, mm-hmm. the key is that, that the... It's, we're not looking for a happy mean between violence and pacifism. And mm-hmm. that's sort of like, that's where we find... No, no, no. What we find in the saints is on the one hand... A, a fierce and true courage, mm. mm-hmm. a, a, a perfectly willingness to set aside my aside my own life, my own safety for the sake of the good. That virtue to the nth degree, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a ferocity towards evil, not people, but the evil yeah. in the world, in myself. That's we, there's no there's no happy medium there. Mm-hmm. That that virtue to the highest degree. Mm-hmm. At the same token, the 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 degree of tempering. Uh, any of my desires for revenge or for, you know, any of the desires that could lead me away from the truth, but also, you know, a a total humility, a desire for love, a desire for peace, not a a happy compromise between all those, Mm -hmm. but all those at their fullest. And so part of what might be the dilemma here is that because we're not saints, (laughs) we can't really imagine what it looks like to be, to have those virtues to their fullest living Mm -hmm. together. Speak to yourself, Mark. (laughs) But the saints, well, Nick does. And so that's why Nick's going (laughs) to just... No, <laughs> I've, I love that concept. I've heard it called the resolution of opposites. Mm-hmm. I've heard it called before where like a lot of times we see these two virtues of being courageous and being meek as being opposites, but the truly saintly person encompasses, encompasses both the per, you can be humble and magnanimous and yeah. outgoing. Yeah. And, um, the Christian yeah. man, mm-hmm. husband, father should be dangerous. Mm. What do you mean? Interesting. Should be effective, should be competent should be able to defend his family. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, he should have the virtue to uh, uh, where, where he, he is able to remain prudent, where he desires love, he desires peace. Mm-hmm. Like you should be dangerous in the sense that you should be effective, competent person, a person mm-hmm. who could go to battle. But you should have the virtue where that your desire is to only ever use that in the absolute necessary circumstances. Like that, that effectiveness, like you should not be weak physically. You should not be... Uh, uh, without courage morally <laughs> you should be prepared you should be effective think of think of but the word weakness means that you have the, that potentiality you have that training you mm-hmm. have that that potential but that it is ordered and perfectly under control and perfectly uh, put toward the good i was just going to say think of the word meek 
exactly as you say, it's that sh- meek is strength. It's strong, yeah. but it's controlled. Mm-hmm. controlled, controlled strength. You're just as ready to swing the sword or stay the sword mm-hmm. knowing the right course of action. You, think of the word magnanimous. It sounds like magnum, and magnum is an awesome word. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you meek a horse. That's, that's the classic, you know, to talk about meeking a horse. This doesn't come up in common parlance these days, but mm-hmm. that means you take, you know, a wild bucking bronco stallion, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a force of nature. Yeah. And you don't kill the horse, mm-hmm. nor do you make it kind of, you know, you like... You don't make it weaker. You don't make it weaker. No, you channel all that into... Mm-hmm. productive yeah. work. And that's actually stronger yes. than the wild horse because mm-hmm. the strength is channeled and trained. Totally. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. I love that. I love that. Um, there was an image that maybe you guys saw um, over the summer when there were, there were riots and protests and um, across the, across the country, there was a church, I forget where it was because there were some churches being vandalized. Um, mm-hmm. And there was one Catholic church where some of the parishioners, the men showed up with guns and there's a picture of them standing in front of this crucifix in front of their church saying, we're here to defend our church. And I'm wondering like, what do you guys, like, what do you think of that? Do you want to take a stab at that? Yeah. My reaction is like, you know, maybe controversial, but like we think of our churches as these buildings mm-hmm. and not living stones, you know, every single beautiful chapel building is going to be sand, rubble. Right. It's not going to last. Mm-hmm. You Especially know? the ones we're building now. And like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like people who react that way, like maybe they're trying to defend an idea or whatever, but they're, I think sometimes they miss the inviolable truth of the goodness of a human person mm. and to put that in danger. And that we are the church. Not, we yeah. Can, we can people are the church. Building. Or even like the, yeah. just the goodness and the eternal potential of humanity mm-hmm. and to wield a gun in that situation seems to me personally a violation of that. Yeah. It makes you know, me think about the thing that happened in Mexico with the, I think it was the Cristeros, um, when Catholicism was like literally outlawed in Mexico. Um, and it, it makes me wonder because there were two basic tracts to the way that the Cristeros, um, and, and the Catholic population, uh, rose up against the church, the, the government mm. one tract was martyrdom and like peaceful surrender to being martyred. The other tract was violent and resistance, yeah. and resistance, and that included some Catholic priests and nuns. You know, they, they cooperated mm-hmm. in varying degrees. Like the nuns would, um, you know, transport the ammunition in, in a hidden way with, within their robes and stuff and deliver it to the soldiers. And like, but I, I wonder if, if some of it, like protecting a building and protecting a crucifix is very different than standing up for your right to be a Catholic because you're mm-hmm. defending not only your the you know like because the, they were literally you know lynching and hanging Catholics left and right priests mm-hmm. got you know martyred and uh, I just I think that it's different if you're just defending a piece of wood like mm-hmm. a crucifix mm-hmm. versus the people and the right to to exercise your faith because they were literally not allowed to exercise their faith. Um, they weren't allowed to receive the sacraments. They weren't allowed to go to mass. Uh, and so I wonder, you know, like there was one, there's a powerful scene in the movie about this, um, called, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, whatever, where like a priest was like trying to retrieve the blessed sacrament from the tabernacle to protect it. 
and was martyred while doing that and he knew he would be mm-hmm. but he still did his best and he didn't defend it violently mm-hmm. he just was trying to protect the blessed sacrament and was martyred in that process mm-hmm. well and that's what i was going to say is i mean i think that I, I agree with you rob that you know we should respect the dignity of the person protesting more than we care about the the rocks in this building that have been built as beautiful as the church may be or as much as it might represent our 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 you know, our beliefs to us, but inside that church is something more than just what mm. we believe is rock, right? We believe that Jesus Christ in the tabernacle in this under the species of bread and wine is their body, blood, soul, and divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, should, we, should they be defending that with weapons? I think how they do it is important. Mm. How they do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think like one of the things that Christ did he made himself so humble, mm-hmm. you know, and vulnerable as he did on the cross. He's come a piece of bread that could be desecrated. Well, and he scolded Peter for essentially doing that when he was being arrested in the mm-hmm. garden. I mean, does Jesus need us to defend him? No. In that? I don't think. In no, but, but like, but what I'm saying is Peter kind of expressed a similar expression of like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to defend the Lord in that moment in the garden and Jesus scolded him. And so like, would Jesus scold those guys, mm-hmm. you know, to live by the sword? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. what about the priest who knew he would be martyred going after the Eucharist? Well, he yeah. wasn't violent. He was like just doing his best to protect and save. Yeah. Yeah. To accept. I mean, there's been lots of examples of that. A priest rushing into burning buildings to retrieve the Eucharist. It almost reminds me That's of a, the, the guy that helped Jesus carry the crucifix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a rever. I think that is more of a reverence mm-hmm. than a violent defense. Yeah, yeah, it's more of a protection than. And one might say, and this is all speculative. We are well into the yeah, realm of, well of trying to piece through a lot of nuances here. You know, there we could we could say God doesn't God doesn't need our defense there, even a physical defense, because God is not injured by that. God mm-hmm. is, is certainly offended by that. He's certainly disrespected. You know. Um, but that he doesn't need our physical defense in that sense. Mm-hmm. And that's different from us physically putting ourselves at risk in reverence of the Eucharist. That's a different situation. It's also a different situation entirely. Again, like in, in the situation of a, of a country or of a community that is oppressed, that's prevented from their, their human or their religious rights mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, physical, like where there is a possibility of physical uh, resistance mm-hmm. for their defense because the, like that person does need our physical defense. That person, mm-hmm. you know, like God, God cannot be hurt. That person can, they can be prevented from, life. from, from, from not just their physical life, but their spiritual life. Yeah. If they're let into the, if they're allowed, if the, if the poor man is allowed to be ground down by the oppressor, mm-hmm. that has not just physical consequences for that person, but perhaps spiritual eternal consequences. Mm-hmm. If we abandon that person. So there, again, it seems like there is again, places in history where, we may make a different decision for ourselves, how we handle that oppression of our, of our individual self or, or uh, you know, um, violence toward ourselves. But for another individual, we might discern, I'm going to put a physical stop to this because mm-hmm. this person needs to be defended. Their, their rights, their dignity needs mm-hmm. to be defended even if it uses physical force. I'm not doing it out of maliciousness. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't go out looking for this, mm-hmm. but the situation has presented to me and so help me God, I'm going to comport myself as best I can. And not excessively. You don't and want not to, excessively. Yeah. You, you wouldn't want to cause a greater evil right, that has want, occurred. Yeah. Which actually happened uh, in the movie that depicted that the thing in Mexico, like this warrior soldier priest and a bunch of the people uh, in, his, in his little contingent there. Um, they thought they were doing a good thing and attacking, you know, bad guys and stuff. 
and they blew up a train, or they, they, they lit a train on fire that they didn't know had, had tons of innocent people in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they ended up killing all of those people. Yeah. And we can end up just multiplying evil if we're not super intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Think think of the role of the police play in a society. Is it wrong for police to use physical force to to stop mm -hmm. criminals, just to to defuse the situation? Now, certainly, they need to be intelligent and strategic about it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we've seen lots of examples of when they're not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But on the on the, when when it's done well and it's in the, and they're trying they're trying to defuse. It's not just that it's necessary to defuse the situation, but it's also right in the sense that it mm -hmm. it rightly communicates what's going on. Like if you as a criminal are putting up people's lives in danger, you know, to, to respond in a way that sort of acts as if that's not the case mm -hmm. wouldn't be right either. Yeah. No, that person needs to be physically restrained and put mm -hmm. in prison and stopped yeah. because that also communicates this is serious business. Yeah. We cannot allow this happen. Society mm -hmm. can't function if this is allowed to happen. Yeah. And I think there's a distinction between, I feel much more okay with, Hey, there's people who are threatening to vandalize our church. Call the police. Mm -hmm. Police have guns on their hip, but mm -hmm. they have a certain authority and a certain training and yeah. certain like vows that they've taken. Mm -hmm. That's that's very different than I as parishioner with a rifle show up and stand in front of there. Like I, I can admire their those people's um, you know desire to pr to protect their church, protect the the Eucharist. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't get past the irony and kind of the backwardsness of people with a rifle mm -hmm. standing in front of the greatest image and symbol of nonviolence, right. which is Christ hanging on the cross. Like that is the symbol of our faith is Christ crucified. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and to, to be standing there and saying, here I am as a Christian, as a believer, with a weapon of violence and it's, it, there's like a threat of if you, if you come here, like I will, I will put violence on you. Whereas that's very antithetical to what we were standing right behind you is Jesus hanging on the cross. Um, so I don't know if you have thoughts about that. I think it's always difficult whenever we go to a real world example because we weren't there. Yeah, necessarily. We don't know, you know, if we, we can theoretically imagine two different situations. We yeah. can theoretically imagine a situation where people overreact yeah. and they, 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 they act in such a way that is more likely to promote violence and, and God doesn't actually need to be defended. And, mm -hmm. and if we were in the situation, we'd say, I wouldn't do that. Theoretically, theoretically, we can also imagine a situation in a society where, where the forces of society in, in an oppressive way have gotten to a point where a person has decided, well, the only recourse now is to physically resist. Mm -hmm. Okay. We can imagine those two pure theoretical situations and we can see the rightness or the wrongness in both of them. Uh, of course, a real world, world example is, is mm -hmm. uh, sticky because what does that person believe about the world? What yeah. really have all that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah. that's gets, sticky. Yeah, we can't, we can't, we're in no position to judge right. them necessarily. Yeah. Um, I, I have one more question. Mm -hmm. And then if you guys have questions, you can add those in. So, um, does it make a difference what you're like in terms of like what you're defending and what you're dying for? Like as a, if, if I, a robber comes up to me on the street with a knife and I'm with my family, a Robert, a robber, <laughs> a, ro a robber named Robert excessive force. Well, I, obviously really, Robert is doing it. Definitely. Yeah, just it go matters. All hug. What is the robber's name? His name is, <laughs> the robber's name is Robert, Robert, the robber. That's awesome. And he, um, like if I choose the nonviolent path there, like, am I really like 
dying for the faith. Like that's different than martyr than mm-hmm. like, you know, if there was an oppressive regime that was out to kill all Christians and they show up at the door and they knock and they say, you know, deny Christ or we'll kill you. And I say, I will not deny Christ. Like that's, I think those mm-hmm. are different situations yeah. and they speak different. Like, is it, is it there's, different? What do you think? Yeah. There's a, a foolishness to me. It's just a, a feeling, you know, I'm not judging any situation really, mm-hmm. but like, to let someone kill you when you could disarm them, mm-hmm. to allow them to commit such a grave act that's a mm-hmm. harm to their soul yeah. and oh, harm to your yeah. life. Okay. You to let them, them do something that you could prevent Ooh. without taking their life, without Ooh. creating a greater evil, it yeah. seems to be a little bit foolish. Okay. Like, that's yeah. good. you know, that's even, in, yeah. even in martyrdom, like if there's a way where you could somehow help this person who may not be in their right mind at the mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. caught up in a frenzy, disable them but yeah. i wanted to be a martyr though yeah so, right. you know what's i think what's your desire your, too, yeah. you know? your desire for that soul in front of you if you judge in that moment the greatest good for this person is allow mm-hmm. them to take my life mm-hmm. i mean maybe the, I, it's a the, reality the witness is that that's going to be the thing that i will not i mean I, I will not deny christ and that's the only way out of the situation and that actually may have the greatest spiritual good for that person but if you have a way to not just defend your life defend another person from creating many times Jesus slipped away in the gospel, right? Right. He yeah, kind of yeah, snuck yeah. off. That's true. Yeah. You know, he he from the hill, he's like, Zoop. Yep. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm you know, like the, but I'm I not going to let them do this. The other distinction right that to me is, is coming out of what you're saying there, at least in my mind is there's a difference between being a pacifist, uh, and receiving violence and not reacting and not returning the violence to defend yourself and just letting it happen versus martyrdom and dying for the faith mm-hmm. right so a robber comes up to you with a knife not a robert um and i would like he, his name to be robert, robert. <laughs> okay robert the robber comes up to you with a knife and you know says give me your wallet and then you give it to him and you can see he's going to stab you anyway um that is not martyrdom no that's pacifism <clears throat> and that is a perfect example of where not being pacifist uh has the potential to keep him from doing a, a greater harm to his own soul. Like if you were to defend yourself and not let him murder you and not add another tally of murders to his soul, mm-hmm. that could help him versus martyrdom where you're standing up and representing the faith and saying, I will not deny Christ. And to receive that violence and not defend yourself in that case is a greater witness to truth for the person attacking you. Then like, oh, I'm just going to stand here because I don't believe in violence. Right, right. That would be the contrast. Right, yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think being peaceful and disarming someone is not... They're not antithetical. I don't think they're antithetical. Because I think not, you can do that. Because it's not something intrinsically wrong by causing someone else physical discomfort. Yeah. If I, if I could tackle somebody, you know, who's about who's maybe hurting people, mm-hmm. yeah. I can tackle them and restrain them. Yeah. And I'm not doing it because I love violence or I went there seeking that. But no, this is the way to best protect that person and the other people involved and create the, you know, the least amount of evil here. Yeah. Because the phys- a little bit of physical discomfort mm. is not a great evil. It's not yeah. an intrinsic evil. Mm. It's just mm-hmm. a thing. It's just part of life. Right. Yeah. If it, like if a small child is hitting somebody, like and you have to restrain them. Stop. Yeah. You Stop. know, sure. like you know, it's not. Yeah. It's not. You have to teach them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reality there that's like you. You can't just sit back and say, hey, "Yo, don't do that." Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we did it. Yeah, I right? think, and I. 
I, I feel like I've even, I know morale, moral questions, especially the more we get into specifics, it's not the sort of thing where you can look it up in a textbook and be like, is this right or wrong? Ah, oh, it says yes in the catechism or no. Right. Like, there's so many right. issues that are more complex. You have to apply the, the principles to your situation. Yeah, and yeah. your virtue and your yeah. discernment and your conscience are so yeah. important. And so um, I think that's important. Why, why conversations like this are so important is why prayer is so important. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys for, for working through this with me. I know Thanks, we were a little skeptical about doing this topic and I really wanted to do it. So thank you for, for trusting me to have this conversation in a, well in a public way. I hope it was um, worthwhile for you. It was worthwhile for us. If you have thoughts, if there's stuff you think we, we missed, we are open to that. Please let us know in the comments. If you're, uh, if you download the awaken app, you can, you can talk to us through there um, as well. Is there anything else we need to um, say before we, we close out? I don't think so. I think we're good. Right, well, yeah. thank you for uh, listening, watching the Awake, the men's show on Awaken Catholic. You can support this show and this studio and all the shows that and all the efforts that we're doing by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate. You can make a one-time donation or even better, join the Awaken Nation by making a monthly recurring donation. And that is really the best way that you can help us. So if you if you have it in your heart, pray about it. That can be part of your 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 tithing, your donation, your generosity is is helping this this ministry for the new evangelization. We would be so grateful. Um, and I, the Lord is never outdone in generosity. So I, I know that will, that will be good for you as well. Um, you can also download the awaken app, which I already talked about. The awaken is the link you got to go to. It's not in the app store and you can talk with show hosts like us and other people who are, are part of the community. And then if you are part of the awakened nation by that monthly donation, you also get premium access to some stuff through the app presentations by me and some other uh, people here, some other show hosts and presenters as well. Um, something that can help you out with your prayer life is downloading the hallow app. It's an awesome, it's the number one Catholic prayer app. And my wife uses it for the rosary and Lexio Divina. And it's, 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 it's beautiful. I use it for the exam and you go to hallow.app slash awaken. You get a free month of the premium version of the app. And that helps us out here at awaken Catholic as well. And as always, you can also help us out just by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, sending it to a friend who you think would benefit from this conversation. All that stuff helps us. Uh, Lord, may you guide us when we're in these situations and help us to know what to do. Holy Spirit, be in our hearts. Um, Bless each of us here. Thank you, brothers, for your friendship and your conversation. Thank you, viewers, for being here as well. We'll see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow App. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. We here at Awaken all use Hollow every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.